0: Politics and the practice. How do you handle the perils of polarizing political conversations? This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And Politics is probably on your mind right now if you're listening to this podcast in North America or in the UK, which most of you are. There's a few Australians. But regardless, how do you handle political discourse in the clinic? It gets heated. It gets contentious. It can be polarizing. So this week, we're going to talk about how you deal with dealing with what's on the news. But before we get into all of that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward.
1: And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser.
0: And Becky, has the world gone politically off axis or something? Because like, I don't remember ever in my adult life seeing so much political discourse. It's on podcasts. It's on websites. It's on television. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere.
1: We're It's, it's really like a peak apex time, right? It's pretty right. intense you know, and in the point of this podcast is not in any way to express our own political can, you know, feelings. That's what our social media is for. And so, you know, if you follow us, you know, our personal feelings, but the fact of the matter is it really is everywhere and it's the rules are changing, right? The accessibility is changing. The conversations are changing and the transparency is changing and it it's affecting us in the veterinary clinics.
0: Yeah. So what we want to talk about today right now, obviously, there's a lot of political news happening in the US. The UK is dealing with its whole other world of hurt for the past couple of years with Brexit. And again, trigger warning, we're not saying one way or the other is right (laughs) or wrong or we agree or disagree. We're just saying there's a lot of talking going yeah. on. And so I guess the first thing I want to ask Becky and and again, viewfinders, if you're out there, we want you to weigh in on this as well, because we're just sharing with you our opinions and experiences and, and maybe how we've navigated this somewhat successfully or, or failed mm, miserably. Maybe. But but here's the reality, Becky, you know, a news story breaks on the yep. way to work or the night before you go into the office and everybody wants to talk about it. And it's a polarizing topic, right? It's a it's a left versus right, a liberal versus conservative, a Republican versus Democrat, a Brexit versus a stay. How yeah. how do you handle that when a, when a co-worker says, Becky, did you see that n- news story?
1: Yeah, I think this is one of the first times in our history that we're living in a time where people are super emotionally involved. Politics used to be a thing where it was like, oh, I, I like to talk politics. I like to debate. I have a strong feeling based on my political party beliefs. But we've crossed into a time of um, emotional and mental and, um, you know, social and um, genealogical territory. Right. It's that's a personal really, identity, it's, right? It really is, right? And so people are offended in this political uh, climate right now. Right. And so it creates a different conversation. I don't think I've ever been aware of a time that people were so politically offended. And, and again, I don't mean that in a negative tone because I'm super politically offended right now. So, um, (laughs) you know, I, I just want to say that I don't mean that in condescending sense, but like it's gotten to the core of people. It's gotten to, um, the empathy the emotional being and the actual, like you said, identity of people in this political climate. Whereas, politics and identity were not as so closely related, I think, at any other time that I can remember anyway.
0: Right. And it's always been a bit of a joke and a cliche and a taboo to talk about religion and sure. politics in public. Right. I mean, we all were taught that probably as children. Uh, but I will say I agree, Becky, it's it's heightened. It's at a level now that is maybe unprecedented in, in modern history or perhaps during very tumultuous times. So, I, you know, if you go back to the framers, I mean, there were certainly lots of political you know, discourse and and controversy on on that side of things. But yeah, in modern era, this is like a really hot time. And again, those of you that follow me, you know, I ran for political office unsuccessfully. and and I will tell you, Becky, I still to this day, you know have people that I serve them as their veterinarian. And they'll turn the other way if they see me coming, you know, it's nuts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's exactly it. Right. And if you follow, if, you know, I try to keep my personal and my professional page as separate as I can, but a lot of people do follow my personal page and and I don't, you know, not follow um, or not allow a lot of different folks on that page, but it's where I do express my personal opinions. And even within my own family, it's caused a lot of ripples. And I'll, and and I have to say, I used to be the kind of person who um, w- was just like you said. I'm. I was raised in the South. If you asked, I would say, you know, oh, I don't talk religion, oh, I don't talk politics. It's just, it's not the kind of thing you talk about. And now I actually strongly encourage people to talk about politics and to talk about where they come from because we need to have this conversation. So that that has absolutely shifted in my own personal standpoint. But what we run into is where, when, and how we have this conversation.
0: Right, and I would say. To what level do we allow emotions to interfere? Because what you've already sort of, I think, uh, you know, highlighted is the fact that we do have these strong polarizing opinions where we don't have civil discourse and, no, and just right. civil discussion about it. Okay, so let's go right back to that because we've, we've, I think, everybody listening clearly understands and identifies that whoa. You know, you can really lose a friend over this stuff. Yeah. Now, your coworker comes in, it's that Monday morning or, or Thursday morning, and a yeah. big news story is breaking, a controversial political story is breaking, Becky, and everybody wants to talk about it. But how do we navigate that so that we don't inadvertently, you know, upset a coworker? Because let me tell you, if you upset a coworker early in the morning, <laughs> oh, wow, that day is going to be a doozy.
1: Well, and again, I think we run into this problem right now of personal identity attack. And so a lot of these news stories become related to how people are interacting with each other and with who you are as a person and how you feel about other people. And so I think um, for a lot of people, you can become easily insulted on behalf of these stories and, and someone who maybe who doesn't identify with your point of view one way or another. I mean if you think this is completely ridiculous and you know, what is America coming to, then you really strongly believe that point of view and there's nothing wrong with what you believe. But then if someone has a different point of view from that and they feel more frustrated um, with, with some of the changes or with some of the views, then you're butting heads. Like you said, first thing in the morning or in the space that should we even be talking about this? And do we allow it or how do we allow it? And to what degree, like, is this an 80 20? Like, can we have our personal point of view, make it clear? And then like, how do we just stop that conversation and still feel the same about this person when there is such polarizing differences?
0: Right. So viewfinders, we want to hear from you. Like, first of all, do you have like some kind of, workplace policy that says you are forbidden from talking about the politics. I mean, I want to know because, A, I think that's impossible to enforce. And B, I think it's kind of encroaching a little bit on my free speech. But regardless, you know, (laughs) let's just take it from there. Do you have a policy? Now, having said that, I'm going to say right now, when that person comes in and starts unloading about this story. I'm going to tell you two things are very true here. Number one, somebody on your team is going to be offended. Always. To what extent is now the variable? Like, are they so offended that they get up and come over, storm over, and get involved in the conversation and an argument ensues? Or are they just offended and they keep it inside and they're like, oh, okay, whatever, you know. Um, and, and that's why it gets it's a little bit of a radioactive sphere that we're talking about. I mean, because you don't know how far out that, Irradiation will travel. And so what I would say first and foremost, before you engage in any conversation, or if somebody approaches you, you need to get permission. You know, we've talked about getting permission with conversations around clients, which we're going to get to politics and clients here before too long. But here's what I would suggest. Let's say you want to unload on Becky. Becky, there's a story coming. Before I unload on you, Becky, I should say, Becky, you know, is this something, you know, you want to talk about this or whatever? Because Becky needs to invite that. Conversation because otherwise, you know, I just sort of bulldoze over you. So, first rule I have when it engaging in politics or religion is saying, Hey, listen, I was just watching the news and did you hear about Senator such and such? Um, Is that something, you know, that we could talk about real quick? And then see what happens.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I recently read something about that, about, um, you know, when even within your tribe and your circle before you're emotionally unloading in any capacity, making sure that they have the emotional capacity to take your unload, because it is not our friend's responsibility to hear that. And I think in this climate, there are a lot of people who are shutting down, who are saying, I can't talk about this, or I can't bring this on, or honestly, this is just making me really upset it triggers me in a certain way so i think you're absolutely right checking in and finding out if that person is open to and willing to engage in that conversation in that moment is a good idea but maybe different and opposite from you. I personally think that these conversations are maybe not even appropriate for the floor, maybe more for the break room.
0: Right, absolutely. And and this is where the the first thing is making assumptions because we all work together. We're all veterinary professionals. We love dogs and cats and people and pets and animals, right? So we assume that you probably have the same political ideology that we do, the same philosophical beliefs, if you will, maybe even religion, right? So we kind of assume, Oh, you're part of my tribe, Becky. But I will tell you, when it comes to these very personal issues, you probably are wrong in many instances, <laughs> you know, and you may be surprised, like the person who looks super liberal, they're like super conservative when it comes to politics, right? So they're, you know, liberal in, in some, some things and very conservative. in others. So, so you just want to get permission, like Becky says. Now that you led it beautifully because I don't think this is a public forum, not within a veterinary clinic. Like, I don't think you should be in the treatment area talking about the news unless everybody in that clinic is like super cool with this. I think, like Becky said, this is something that's reserved for like a one on one or, you know, you and a couple of people during a break sort of out of the public sphere. Uh, So, Becky, let's say that somebody now on the floor, it's in your treatment area. It's on a Monday morning. We're all chit-chatting anyway about all sorts of things, sports, you know, movies, weather. Um. But it steers into politics. How do you kind of say, whoa, maybe not right now?
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those things that's really difficult because it does go back to clinic culture on a regular basis. I always think to myself when I'm in the, you know, treatment areas of veterinary clinics across the country listening to the conversations, like what would American industry be like if this was a conversation from cube to cube, like maybe in the break room on a a very low key scale on a quiet side table between two girlfriends or two coworkers. This is how the conversation's going down, but loud and in all inclusive conversations in the, you know, in the treatment area of veterinary clinics are like way offensive on a daily basis in a thousand different ways. And it can be really alienating to any one member of a team who doesn't fall into these um, categories that are being so widely discussed. And so, while it seems really obvious to all of us, there is absolutely the fact that like for some people, they, they may have a different belief than not feel included and have a really hard time.
0: Right. Right. And, And I'll tell you too, you know, obviously I've been politically active most of my adult life. Uh, and yet I, really never had those conversations, certainly not in the public sphere of our treatment area with my staff. In fact, I really I kind of, shut it down a little more. And Becky, that sounds too harsh. But, you know, when these things would come up and people would inevitably ask me of my opinion, knowing, you know, what I, that I was involved in different things outside of the clinic, you know, I would be like, well, you know, listen, there's a lot of different opinions on this. There's a lot of different perspectives on that. And, you know, honestly, I don't know that, that I'm really equipped right now to, to get into all of that. I would really just sort of dismiss it, you know, because yeah. I didn't feel comfortable. Look, it was no secret. You know what yeah. I was doing and what I was up to and 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 what my beliefs were, but I also respected other people's rights to have their own opinions and I didn't want to inadvertently offend my staff. I also knew that many of my staff members didn't have the same beliefs that I did and I I just didn't want them to feel somehow pressured, you know, the boss, you know, I mean it's just it gets a little wonky when it comes to religion and politics. So, I don't know, I I really we just didn't have a lot of these conversations. Now it is very true, and many of my old employees would would probably say, "Well, but Dr. Ward, you talked about politics to me all the time." Key thing to me all the time. So if yeah. we were then in private and they came up, it's doing it's doing surgery. I can tell you, we had a lot of interesting discussions <laughs> yeah. with me and the veterinary technicians in surgery because you know that was sort of a private area in our clinic. Um, yes, so we did have a lot of one-on-one discussions about different political stories and beliefs and so forth. But we didn't do this in the treatment area with everybody.
1: That's, that's right. And I think just having a respectful conversation and knowing your boundaries is really important because I I don't want to discredit the opportunity to learn from those around us. Right? Like, so if, if I have an opportunity to talk to somebody who sees something very differently from me, In a calm, controlled way, I really do want to see their point of view and I want to have the opportunity to learn about them. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with people of a lot of different religions and cultures and backgrounds and experiences. And I've had some really incredible open conversations about their backgrounds and how they got there. And um, I've learned a lot and it's opened up my, my mind and my eyes in a lot of ways. And I don't want to pull a curtain on that but we have to learn the ways to have these conversations the places to have these conversations and and the environment to have them and i think you're going to be really touching on on a tense area within the veterinary industry if you're having these like you said on the floor and you know even one on one between two coworkers in in a surgery suite um you know it, you've got to be really careful yes. because uh, you know ultimately someone can say well you know Dr. Ward started talking about this and I didn't feel like I couldn't take a part of it, but I I'm afraid to disagree with him because I know he ran for this, this role or whatever. Um, so I don't know exactly the best way, you know, to do it in a way that we get to have the experiences and learn from each other. Um, other than to make sure that within the clinic, I think there should always be like, um, really safe stop policy. And I think that should be a safe stop on conversation, a safe stop on practices, a safe stop on procedures. If you're ever wondering how to create a good culture within your clinic, it's create a space where everyone gets to call it and say, Hey, actually I want to opt out of this right now. Right. And that should be no matter what is happening behind those, those doors and within those walls and, um, conversations should be the same. And I think that should include, political conversations, sexual orientation conversations, religious conversations. I think we all become a pack, you know a, a pack and a family and a tribe within the clinic and, and it is our safe place and it is our family, but we have to respect everyone um, while still getting the benefit of learning from each other.
0: Right. And again, this goes right back to the beginning of this conversation, getting permission, you know, not just barging in and saying, whoa, did you hear about yeah. this, Joe? Uh, you know, getting permission, not making assumptions. Every one of us, probably everybody listening, all of my viewfinder family has this one uncle or aunt who like has this completely out there attitude, (laughs) belief, right? Yeah. And so even though you're related, you got blood with these people. You're still like, whoa, no, no, no. I don't know where you got that because, you know, they're still thinking that aliens are in the White House, right? (laughs) Or whatever nonsense. Okay. So Becky, I want to now steer it slightly to a little more challenging situation, and that is... What if the client wants to engage in a political conversation or sexual orientation or religious, you know, any of those quote unquote taboo topics?
1: Yeah, I think it's a hard one, right? Because, you know, what happens when the person standing in front of you has like, you know, a a, a magic hat on, for example, or, you know, something that you really are like. I see your point of view before we even have this conversation. So sometimes right. we can be blindsided, right? We're like a benign comment gets made and we don't realize that we've gotten engaged. And there's other times that we walk into it and we think, okay, we're, <laughs> we know exactly where this is going to end up and where this is headed. Um, and so sometimes we have the opportunity to cut things off at the pass and to, and to keep things steered. Like you said, just like, oh, you know, that's not... There's a lot of different opinions about that and kind of get things back on track and then there's other times we get caught off guard um and i think a lot of times with with our clients we hate to get controversial and we don't want to get um confrontational because we the client's always right the the customer's always right
0: or adversarial because if they have a a differing opinion then that risk it i mean i i will just tell you from experience being sort of in the public eye on these issues I would have clients come in and you, you you didn't know where they lay on a topic or a political party, right? And so they would try to engage. You would say, so what do you think about this, right? Because, and I don't know what they want me to say. I'm, yeah. I'm your veteran, in this moment, I'm your veterinarian. I'm not your politician, okay? Yeah. So at yeah. that moment, I would sit back and this is again where I would dismiss it. You know, well, the good news is, being right. a veterinarian, I am dealing with patients who don't vote. <laughs> so that
1: yeah, and I love that. That's exactly you. You are exactly right. It's appropriate, right? Because you can very politely say this isn't the time or place.
0: Exactly. And I will tell you, if you guys are wondering, viewfinders, ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, that was it. People were respectful. They realized, up, oh, I guess, I just got up to the edge. That's where this guy yeah. is not going to go beyond, or or you know they would risk it. Now, yes, it is true. I had a couple of wise acres that decided to push me on a couple of times. Sure. And again, I just kept laughing it off. I I refused in my capacity as a veterinarian or I would say to a veterinary technician the same applies. I am not going to engage in these debates with you. I'm that is not why we are there. You are paying me right now to to prevent disease, to diagnose disease, to treat disease. <laughs> Let's leave it at that.
1: Yeah. And I think that is um, it's the most important thing I want to say as cliche as it is, is is—is that high road um, and to focus on it. Because the thing about it is, is that there can be some really blatant attempts at engaging you for all of the wrong reasons in all of the wrong ways. And um, we're just in a time that there's a lot of controversy out there and being able to take the high road is a gift. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to do. And I give you a lot of credit. There are some times it's really hard. It's hard when you feel personally attacked. And I think that it's a good time to think about within your clinic having policies for a safe place as well. And so for me, if I have a, a client that I know has a possibility of engaging or has a possibility of of just, you know, I know that this could go possibly wrong. I'm gonna make sure I bring another individual in the room with me. And we're going to stickly, you know, we're gonna stick strictly to veterinary conversation. Um, but I, I think that this can be a really hard thing because it is a really emotional button for a lot of people and I don't blame them for that.
0: And, and again, Viewfinders, uh, I, I want to hear your opinion on this. So, yeah. so we know So, part of being a family, a tribe, a pack is to be able to share these things freely. We get it, right? But there are certain topics that extend beyond the box office or the latest JLo moves, right? And, and so what we're saying is there may be some topics that are, are a little bit more risky people feel a little more vulnerable or intimidated, yes. and you need to make sure that you have clear permission. And then you, I believe you need to do this as privately as possible. Now, if you're in a leadership position, I'm going to double down and say, you really should be careful if you engage at all. If you do engage at all, it needs to be in a very secure one-on-one where you're having an honest back-and-forth discourse. You're not in a debate. You're not trying to convince them. And I, w- I will say, Beck. I mean, again, these, these are really these are fine needle procedures, (laughs) I mean, you can go, you can have the best intention and really screw something up. And what I don't want you to have, if if you find your family, honestly, it breaks my heart to to still, you know, several years out from a a very heated political campaign here in North Carolina, you know, have people that are just like, yeah, not ever gonna talk to you again, you know? And it's like, this is insane, people. So I would also challenge you if you're listening today, to try to separate yourself from these arguments and discussions and step back and say, and why am I personally invested in this? Why am I feeling offended simply because someone says they have a different letter behind their political party, right? I mean, I, I just, I really, yearn for a time when we had more elevated conversations it wasn't a shouting match and whoever was the loudest one i really want to get back to the let's really talk about ideas but more importantly how are those ideas progressing our society how are they making things better for all of us that's really what i want to center things on
1: Yeah, and I think it's a good opportunity and a good call to action for all leadership to look at how they handle diversity within their clinic and within their veterinary practice in the first place. I think if we're ahead of diversity and ahead of inclusiveness and diversity, then we have the advantage over, you know, um, lack of diversity and lack of understanding. And so when we're really embracing different points of view, different types of people, and we're, we're working our clinic culture around those types of things, and, and and we have an environment that says we are going to embrace learning about each other and being um, really understanding and caring of each other as individuals and as people within society um, there are a lot of ways to create that feeling and that understanding and you know client shaming and um, right. you know all of those types of things we've talked about in the past create the foundation for that so that when these types of situations occur and these types of situations come up you are more emotionally healed and emotionally healthy to come into these conversations in the first place. I think if you're in a clinic where, you know, there is a lot of adversity and there isn't a culture of understanding, um overall or tolerance right. overall then we have an, a feeling of defensiveness coming into it until we come into it emotionally injured and it, maybe people don't think their clinic culture matters that much but i really do and i think yeah. it makes a big difference on our day-to-day
0: yeah and again the ideal setting is one where you don't feel judged or threatened or intimidated for your political personal beliefs sexual orientation i mean that's that's honestly it's not asking too much people. <laughs> so let's get sure. there. Now, I want to be ahead of the curve because viewfinders, you know, we always try to stay one step ahead of the breaking stories. And I'm going to tell you what's going to be all about 2020. Becky mm-hmm. it's going to be about, uh oh, what if my staff is on social media promoting some <laughs> candidate or the other? Because I am anticipating a super hot 2020. Yes, I think we'll be voting for a current president. <laughs> despite some of the political stories that are going on right now. So here's the thing. And that was not an endorsement or a condemnation. That was just saying, I think that it's going to be a super contentious political atmosphere this time next year. So what are you going to do? How are we going to deal with employees who are on their own personal social media espousing something, right, Becky? Because this is where, as you mentioned on the outset, this is where the professional page and the personal page start to get blurred. And suddenly, you know, I, I am in no way saying that we should try to clamp down on free speech. But what I'm saying is, yeah. you know, how how are we going to deal with it? It's going to happen. It's going to happen millions of times next year. How are we going to deal with it as a profession?
1: Sure. Call me a management liberal if you want to. But I'm like, get off my social media. We have to have a place um, to be ourselves. And if I have a personal page. I don't think my boss has a right to hold it against me in any way, shape, manner, or form. Now, that being said, I agree.
0: (laughs) Right. right?
1: Like grow up, handle (laughs) your page, make your things private. Like, If you're going to be, you know, controversial, either embrace your controversy or hide your controversy to only your safe space, but handle social media. If you're going to be on social media, you need to know how to handle it and to do it in a way that you can be accountable for. But on the other side of that as management, I just think you have no business on your employees' social media. And if you're going to be, you don't, you know, I feel like, you know, it's it's like you don't get to call them out about it if you don't like it.
0: Well, let me bring up one story that was shared to me during the last presidential election in the United States in 2016. And it went like this. There was a support staff member who was on their own personal Facebook page that was very, very supportive of one political candidate. And apparently their manager, their practice manager was not. So they were in the opposite ends of the political campaigns okay so an r and a d if you will republican and democrat for those of you outside sure. the united states and so this person who is strongly in favor of this one particular thing went on and made a a Pretty offend to me because I again I got a screenshot (laughs) sent to me, so if you guys think it's all locked down, it's a screenshot away from not being locked down. So, a screenshot basically ranting against the practice manager and saying, you know, blah 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 blah, I work in this place, this place is horrible. This is where Becky, I think the grow up really has to we're gonna have to get this seriously figured out by 2020, right? So, I don't think that's ever right, you know, no matter what the situation, but. It darn sure isn't going to be right in political campaign next year, right? You should not go on your social media and complain about a coworker, a manager, an owner, and their political beliefs or whatever. Um, That's just not fair to me. At least that's how I view things. And number two, that is, it's going to get out, you know? And and when you talk bad about people behind their back, Becky, they don't take kindly to it.
1: Yeah, I mean you have to remember social media is like renting out a billboard for your personal messages.
0: <laughs> right, like you know
1: what I mean if you think that you have any leverage of policy privacy or um you know anonymity you're just out of your mind. Right. And even in 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 the most concentrated efforts to make things anonymous there are still elements of transparency. And so um if you are going to use social media for your personal opinions, your personal beliefs, your personal statements or comments you have to be willing for the whole world to see them and to be willing to stand up for and be accountable for them so to be fair, sure, in the inside of this conversation, when I say get off my social media, what I say and do is my business. That does, that does exclude my employer. Right. So if I'm bad mouthing you on social media, I would certainly expect you to come back and have a question for me about right. that. And, and this, um,
0: this came from a coworker, right? You can you right. totally see this scenario and it's going to yeah. play out hundreds of times in the veterinary profession. Sure. So, so one of the employees is like this isn't right. You know,
1: you're talking about us on your social media and you know, we can see you that <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different right. um and again i think again i think there really needs to be this goes back to having strict social media policies in place within your clinic in the first place so um as far as what gets reported and shared and you know if you have a policy going into this that says you know um if you're going to be friends with your co-workers then you're not allowed to bring back what they say to management or um you know you are offering up full disclosure to management one or the other but you have to have really clear social media policies written into your practice for these reasons alone, yeah. let alone what is coming up within, you know, the the next couple of years, because it's going to be pretty intense.
0: It is going to be intense. And again, this is, I'm just asking for being respectful toward one another, you know, yeah. like, like it's one thing to say, okay, this is what I believe and politically or religious, you know, I, this is what I believe. And you like talk about the tenets of that, that political philosophy. You talk about, you know, I am here for, I believe this about tax policy or public education policy or this about, you know, social issues, right? So if you make it foundational, you make it about the basis, then I think you're okay. But if you start making personal attacks, you know, yeah, well, she's just a blank, blank, you know, slander towards a political belief. That's not, that's not helping anything you know let's let's talk about tax reform okay let's talk about public education reform let's talk about water air you know quality <laughs> I mean, you know those are the things that i want are, are of substantive value but what has happened in my opinion becky is that we have devolved the conversation into political personal attacks yeah. and and that's just so again be respectful so next year engage like crazy in political conversations when you don't make assumptions and have permission of course and hopefully privately but but make it about the issues not about the personalities
1: that's exactly right and you know use it as an opportunity to grow and know your fellow uh, you know human beings better because at the end of the day no matter what party you're a part of or what your beliefs are that's really what we need to do to grow and to to really actually you know uh, live by the true american way
0: So, Viewfinders, we want to hear how you handle politics in the practice. How do you avoid polarizing your personnel? That's a lot of uh, uh, alliteration there. But (laughs) regardless, how do you handle these tough topics? Because we are just entering into what's going to be a very long political campaign season here in the U.S. And honestly, UK, I don't think you're exempt either. We want to hear from you.
1: That's right. You can find us on social media on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder on Instagram, and on Twitter at vetPfinder
0: Until next time, I don't even know how to say without getting political here. Bye. Bye. All I can think is...
1: I will definitely
0: it's <laughs> all, be deleting that. That's
1: all I can keep thinking to myself <laughs> in the back of my head. <laughs>